Amen. Praise God. You guys ready to get in the Word? Amen. Amen. Okay, let's do it. You know, before, um, well, yeah. You know, even at the end of worship, I want to say this to everybody before I get into the Word. Right now, press. Press in for your family members. I, I felt that strong this morning. You know, press in for, for those that, that you know, that you love, that are outside of Christ. I, I, I really believe that this is, a, this is a time and a season over these next couple months, you know, where, where the, the Lord's going to begin to speak to people. He's going he's to call people to fasting. He's going to call people to prayer. Yeah, we got corporate prayer. It's, that's important. You be there. That's, you're, you're praying corporately for the body of Christ. But, you know, even individual prayer, you're, you're, you know, there's going to be some shiftings that are coming from the Lord. Some of you are going to be uh, woke up early in the morning, 2.30, 3 o'clock. Uh, that's the time I usually get woken up. But, uh, but anyway, it, it, but God's going to begin to wake people up. And there's going to be an urgency. Hear this from the Lord. I, I believe this. There's, there's going to be such an urgency placed upon people individually because God, God's calling intercessors. He's calling people right now in this time and in this hour to begin to, to, to contend. Amen. That's what we, our, our series has been around, contend. But to contend for the things of God. But God's going to begin to deposit, you know, people, actual people. You know, I, it's funny because I've been getting pictures and face, faces of people that I don't know. But I feel like I'm going to meet them soon. Like whether it be through a dream or a vision or something like God just, you know, highlights a, a, a person's face. And that's happened in my life. And then, boom, where I encounter that person, I'm like, man, no, I have a word for you. You know, a lot of times it's, you know, come, come, be a part and get saved. Amen. That's, a, that's oftentimes the word that the Lord gives me to give to people. But, but I want you to understand this is, this is the time and hour for the church to contend for the, for the things of God. Amen. For the greater things of God. You know, as the Lord's depositing people in your spirit to pray for, right? their names down you know uh you know we have that corporate prayer thing you know even even you can you can put names on there say hey you know i'm believing for this person to be saved i'm believing for this family member to to come to christ i'm, I'm going to tell you you're not alone in this you're you know and that's the thing that we have to break we have to break the enemy's hold on the body of christ that that the enemy doesn't hold people you know in bondage because that's one of the things he loves to do. He loves to he loves to pull people uh, aside from themselves and you know isolate them. And you know and, and that's what he wants to do. But I'm telling you, when the church is working together, Amen. You know it will break that. It'll break those bonds, Amen. It'll break that isolation. So so I want to encourage you guys. You know, uh, as the Lord's speaking. You know, um, you know. Also for me, I'm saying this for me as well. But as the Lord's speaking in this hour and in this time, you, just, you know. Keep a journal. Write things down as the Lord's speaking, you know, about this person or that person and say, you know, man, hey, the, the Lord is calling me. He woke me up at three o'clock in the morning. I got up at four o'clock in the morning or, or, or whatever it is. I want to encourage you in that. Amen. I want to encourage you to wake up when the Lord wakes you up. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? You ever just you feel like that was the Lord and then you roll back over and you feel like you missed it? Well, yeah, that's happened to me, too. But uh, but, you know, I want to encourage you. Be, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit right now. Amen. Amen. You guys ready to get in the Word? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I see our ladies are back from uh, the women's retreat. Praise God. And um, I haven't seen my wife to know how. I think I texted her once or twice. So I don't. I, I seen her in passing this morning. So she made it home. Praise God. So 
Amen. So she is home. So Hebrews chapter 10. I want to pick up at verse 32. Verse 32. Amen. You guys with me? Amen. Amen. Verse 32. It says, think back on the early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and you were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering in the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when all you own was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there, was a, uh, there were better things waiting, waiting for you that will last forever. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Verse 35, remember the great reward brings you. Patience, endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Verse 37, for just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous, righteous ones will live by faith. Everybody say live by faith. And say it one more time. Say live by faith. Amen. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, Lord, even today, let us, let us position ourselves at, at a greater level to contend, uh, to contend in the faith for the things of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. You know, it's uh, I, as I got into this passage, it, I, you know, it, you know, one of the even in verse um, 32, one of the things that says, think back uh, of the early days when you first learned about Christ. And I, I want to encourage some of you guys, because, uh, you know, I had felt in my spirit, you know, over the last week or two to uh, to tell people to tell the church that, you know, don't forgo the first works of Christ that you walked in. Amen. Everybody seems quiet today. You guys quiet? Don't, don't forgo the first works of Christ that Christ called you to. Do you, re, do you remember what it was like when you first got saved? Do, do, you, re, do you remember that, you know, something, something on the inside of me was different? I, I, that was my experience. And I, I want to I share something with you today because I, I believe that the church had, you know, I'm going to say that e e even in, you know, people say, well, my salvation wasn't radical. You know, I wasn't out partying, wasn't drinking, wasn't doing all these crazy things, and Jesus saved me. You know, I just got saved in a church meeting. You know, not everybody has to have a radical salvation. You understand something. But I want you to understand something. It's important that your life is marked by a true encounter by God. It, 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 that your life is marked by a real encounter by God. That, that, you, that you remember that, you know, yes, I remember when Jesus began to deal with me on sin. I remember when Jesus began to position me to, to see my life go a different direction. Amen? So, you know, don't, don't neglect or don't forget about the things early on when you were, when you were first established in Christ. Because a lot of times what happens, even as a believer, we think, well, I've been in church a while. I begin to mature. You know, I'm going to tell you, maturing doesn't mean you do less for God. Maturing means you do more for God. And a lot of times this is the, one of the greatest mistakes in the church. We think if we're maturing that, that, that we step away further away from God. That's not true. That's not the case. When we're maturing in Christ, we should be in a position of what? Where we're doing more for Jesus. Amen. We're, 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 you know, we're, you know, and I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, listen, you've got to stir up the fire. 
You've got, you've got to stir that fire up inside of you. Guess who's responsible for stirring that up? You. You. I mean, you know, sometimes you don't feel like, you don't like, you don't feel like stirring anything up. You just want to go home and go to bed, right? You just, you just want to sleep. But, I, but you're responsible for stirring the things up of God in your life. Amen? That's why you're here today. I'm, I'm thankful everybody's here today. But, but, you know, be stirred up in your spirit. You know, and I love this. Think back of the early days when you first learned about Christ. And as I was thinking about that, you know, I, th- I thought back when Rand and I first got married. You know, everybody talks about the, the first year of marriage. It's, it's the honeymoon period. Well, I, 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 I don't remember, you know, the, the, you know, everything's new and everything's fun. It's the honeymoon. I don't remember that. I don't remember the first year of marriage, like our marriage. I, you know, I was thinking about this. I didn't think, like, you know, yeah, there was good times. There was a lot of new things. There were a lot of firsts. But, but, I, but I, all I could remember was, man, this is what marriage is? I don't know if anybody, you know, I don't know anybody that's been married. You know, anybody that's been married is like, you know, it was like, you know, wow, this is interesting. You know, this is what marriage is. But I, I begin to think about, you know, that first year, and I'm like, you know, you know, things that you might have argued about. You know, it's like Rand and I didn't have really money fights because we, we had a problem right from the very beginning. Brad had spent more money. The, uh, Brad had more money going out than, than, than he had coming in. So Miranda married Brad's problem. So Brad couldn't say it. You know, I couldn't. There wasn't a, a lot that I could say. But, you know, God give us a plan around that early on. So, you know, it wasn't like we had money fights because we didn't, we didn't have enough money to cover the bills anyway. So we weren't fighting about, we were just fighting, well, we, we, i got to go get another job or i gotta, I got to do this, i got to do that. that you know, that, those were the things that we were dealing with. But, you know, you know I, I don't remember the, the, the honeymoon period. I remember going to the bathroom and, and, and realizing that we're now sharing a bathroom together. That it's like, you know, that, you know, you could, you know, and for her, you know, that's, probably a much more bigger deal for her than it was for, for me as a man. You know, guys are just like, you know, hey, whatever, you know, we'll just walk in. If the door's unlocked, it means that you can go in, right? And that's what most men think. You know, a wife's in the shower, you don't think anything about it. You just go and use the bathroom. That's normal. You, flush, you know, you, you don't flush the commode while your wife's taking a shower because the water might change. At least in West Virginia, that happens. But, but you know, that first year, you know, I, I took some time and I thought about that. And I thought about, man. Man, God was graceful. God, God was very graceful in, in, the, in that first year uh, 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 of just us being married. And, uh, you know, one of the things I, I, I remember, you know, Miranda, in thinking back, you know, was communication. One of the things in a marriage that, that, that you know, ultimately that will help the marriage is, is communication. And I could remember Miranda that, that first six months to a year. She would, she would take this book and she would, like, lay this book out. And she would be like, you know, I, you know, you should read this book. She asked me to read this book, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, I was being hardhead. You know, men, men, you know, you're not always hardhead, but I was being hardhead. But so she was like, you should read this book. You should read this book. This this book's, you know, could could help us. And you know, and and then I realized that in the book, one of the things that Miranda wanted me to see was was that of how she communicated. Because, see, understand something right now. Very, very, very understand this. Men and women do not communicate the same way. Right? Women? Am I, am I right? All the women shake your hand. If you, yes, women. All the men are like, yeah, you're right too. You know, all the, all the guys are shaking their hand. We don't communicate the same way. 
And so Miranda was like, she had this book, and she was like, you know, I want you to read this book. And it was, uh, it was uh, Gary, Cha- I think it was Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages. And so I, I, you know, I remember when I sat down and I read this book. And for the first time, really, you know, through our dating and through understanding, that a, a light bulb began to go off. And it was like, you know, and I realized that, you know, highlighted in the book was what Miranda's love language was. You know, when a woman wants you to find a book with, with uh, you know, what, what's really on her heart, it's highlight, highlighted, you know, all the pages are turned back. And, you know, that's the section they want you to read, right? I don't, that's just my wife. So, so nobody else's wife does that, just my wife. So, so, so I'm reading and I'm like, and, and so I, I, I remember after I read it, I come to Miranda, I said, you know, I said, I said, is your love language quality time? She's like, yes. And I realized at that point that, you know, that's what, that's what spoke to her in the relationship was quality time. And so, you know, here we are some 23 years later, and, you know, that hasn't changed. But as I thought about the first works of Christ, I, 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 I even thought about the first works, uh, you know, even in my marriage. And I, I want to encourage everybody in here that, you know what, there are always starting places in life. You know, and, and don't forget about those first things. Don't don't forget foregoing and, and doing the things early on when, when you know, you know, my wife, we, we dated a lot more before kids, you know, because you could. Right. But don't forego those things. You know, I'm, I'm encouraging couples in here today, you know, date, be 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 in a place of, you know, dating, be in a place of of encouraging one another. Amen. You know, I'm going to tell you this, you know, I'm not preaching about marriage today, but marriage is work. You know, mar- marriage, marriage is work, it, it, and it does take two people. It's not, it's not like, well, you know, a person's got to do 50, another person's got to do 50. That never made sense to me. No, you do everything you can do. You work at your marriage at 100% at, at all times. You know, yeah, there, there are times where you may fail and things like that, but, you know, there is the grace of God. Amen? So, you know, understand something. Go, go back. Go back to some of that first stuff. Have those conversations. If you've been, you know, married for five years, it's good to go back. You know, and for me, it was good to go back and remember <laughs> where we started. Amen. The things that God has done. Amen. Supernaturally, he's, he's done things in our life. Amen. God is a good God. So let me get in. Let me break some of this text down. You know, as I thought about the, um, the, the early dates when I first learned about Christ, it brought me back to my marriage. It, you know. Because, you know, one of the things I, I want to say that I, I want you to, to get and take away was that even in a marriage and understanding how a marriage works, God, God truly wanted me to separate myself to him first. And see, that takes, that, takes some, that takes some knowledge. It takes some understanding because it's like, you know, I married my wife. There was a covenant set up with my wife. But you have to understand something. There's also a covenant that you need to have with the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Amen. I'll get further into that here in a little bit. But, you know, the writer of Hebrews, it's it, it's very interesting. If, if you look at it, there are two main themes in the book of Hebrews. Um, you know, people some people believe that Paul uh, has written Hebrews and other believe that it was actually penned a little later on. So so, th- you know, for the sake of that, you know, whether Paul wrote it or whether it was written by another uh, another Christian, that's the context of that's not important. But there are two main themes that you begin to see in Hebrews and, and throughout the writings of Hebrews. And, uh, you know, the, one is the supremacy of Christ, that Christ, he is God. That you, you, you have to understand that there is one true God and that God is Christ. So, you know, we're dealing with the supremacy of Christ, but we're also de- dealing with the perseverance in Christ. 
that the church, the church was coming under persecution. You know, if you begin to read the book of Hebrews, you, you'll see something that, that's, that, that's, that's beginning to happen, and that's the falling away of the church, apostasy. You begin to see people, you know, faced with struggles. People, you know, will the, will the church be faced with struggles? Yes. Yes, you think about in the, in the day and age when, when actually this was written, you know, you're dealing with, with people being martyred, people being killed. You know, think about Paul's life. He, was ta- he, was, he went to Rome, talked about it Wednesday night. But you know what happened to Paul? Paul's head was taken off. He was crucified upside down. So, you know, how do I stay in the faith when I'm watching all this stuff go down? Think about where I'm going with this. How do, I, how do I keep the faith? How do I contend in the faith when I'm seeing all this going down? See, you, what I love about this, you know, you, you, you're positioning yourself. Don't forget about the first works. Don't, don't not move to a place where you're not remembering what Jesus Christ has done for you. And see, that, that, that's one of the things I feel we have to hold dear in our hearts right now as a church. Not to forget the things that Jesus Christ has done for us. Amen? Aren't you happy that Jesus saved you? Amen. I'm, I'm very happy that Jesus Christ saved me. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm ecstatic about that because, listen, my life was set for destruction if I'm not saved and born again. But the persecution, the persecution of the church, the, the apostasy, the falling away. So, you know, the writer's dealing with this. He, he's dealing with, with uh, you know, how, how, do I, how, do my, how can I put this into people? You know, don't forget the, the, the early things. Don't forget the early stages of actually what's going on. You know, look at this in verse 33. It says, sometimes you were uh, exposed to public ridicule and you were beaten. And sometimes you help others who were suffering the same. In verse 34, you suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when, you, uh, and, and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You accepted it with joy. So, you know, you under, things are happening. Hey, guys, guess what? In 2021, are things happening? Are, I mean, really, come on now. You know, listen, understand the level of, the, you know, the edicts and things that they were putting out during this time. If you were a Christian, get this, if you were a Christian and you, you were seen by your neighbor praying, guess what happened? You were thrown in jail. That you were you you went to prison, and, you, and then they took your property. So if your neighbor got ticked off and thought, well, you know, I kind of like his house, I found out he was a Christian. Let's call the law on him. You know, these, these were things that were going on early on in the church. How blessed are we today, Amen. But I want you to understand something. It's important that we, as the church, understand our position and our place of authority. Because listen, I, I, I don't want this to be in an America that, that, that begins to, to, to see a shift where, you know, well, you can't pray. Would that happen in America? It's happening in other nations. There are pastors in Canada that are put in prison. People can't eat, Canada, guys, north of, north of us, you know, six hours you can be in Canada. Eight hours you can be in Canada. People are being put in jail because they want to open their church. You know, it, it, you know, they put out orders. Well, you can't do this. You can't do that. These are mandates. They're not laws. They're mandates. I, I want you to understand something because we have to position ourselves as a body. Hey, I'm not going to forget what Jesus Christ has done for me. I'm going to stand in the faith that Jesus has put in me. Because, see, we're not called to shrink back. We're called to advance. 
And that's one of the things I love about this. You know, he's saying, never, never, you know, think about it. You've been put in prison. You even suffered for those that were put in jail. You could have, you, you could have been the one that even lost your house. You know, what, what's this gospel worth? Everything. 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 Is your home? Everything that I own. Everything that we possess. My life, everything, everything that we have is worth the call of God. Amen. It, it's, it's, it's worth that. So, you know, I, I want to prepare a church. And that's, you know, this contending, what we've been talking about. I want to prepare a church that, you know, that, you know, no matter what happens in the world, we're not shaken. You know, Jimmy and I were talking the other day. You know, I have peace. You know, and that's what we were talking about. We were just talking about the peace of God. That when, you're, that when you're born again, that when you're truly born again, a lot can be going on. A lot can be happening around the world. But I have peace in my Jesus. Amen. I have peace in my salvation. I'm not going to be shaken. Even though this stuff's going on, I have peace. You know, you know, what, you know what peace does? It prepares you. Peace will prepare you for whatever is going to shake out, whatever is going to come. You know, the, the winds may blow right, they may blow left, but you, you've settled in your heart. I have peace in Jesus Christ. I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to be shaken by the winds of this world. Amen? You know, the Bible says that a double-minded man is what unstable in all his ways. So, you know, the, God's, not, God's calling the people not to be double-minded, not to have what well, the world says. No, I, what does the Bible say? You know, Matthew 24, you know, th there will be famines. There will be pestilence. There will be earthquakes. That's what the Bible says. So when I read it in the Word, I, I see what the Word says, and I'm like, okay, okay this, this makes sense. This is what's going on according to what the Word of God says. So, you know, the, the two main themes in the, in the book of Hebrews, you know, is, is, is also this, that the church was under, under persecution. And I, I want you to understand something today. We, we haven't seen the level of persecution that the, that the early church seen. Now, if you talk to an Afghan Christian, they might have a different story. Hear what I'm saying. If you talk to an, a, an Afghani Christian, you know, guys, listen, a month ago, let me remind you, a month ago. Because, see, what happens is we forget. We forget. We, we get ourselves positioned in, 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 in America where, where we forget what's going on. You know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I was getting emails from, from pastors ar from around the world that were saying, we need to pray for Afghan because they're going to hold services tomorrow. I should, you know, we, you understand, th these are the things that have to get into our spirit about the church that, you know what, this is worth fighting for. Hey, they're going to open their church. Will you pray for them? They realize that them, their children, their families, guys, their children, their children, their children may be killed tomorrow just for opening their church. But they're standing their line. You know, they, they understood something. They understood something. They understood the call. They understood that no matter what, no matter what, I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to bow down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know what? You could put us in the furnace. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, you turn it up seven times hotter. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. We're not bowing down before you. And I pray, that's been my prayer, that there would be a faith, uh, there would be faith like that arise in this body. That people would begin to say, you know what, no, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not being moved by what's going on in the world. 
You know, listen, guys, understand something. This same message that I'm preaching today would preach 50 years ago. Because understand, this has been this is cyclical. Where's Don? There's the word cyclical. This this is something that's on repeat. Since Jesus Christ died, this world has been preparing itself for the return of Jesus Christ. The Bible says no one knows the time or hour when Jesus Christ is going to return. But you know what? It's cyclical. This thing is in motion. It's not going to quit. But I'm so thankful that I live in 2021. I'm so thankful that God would, you know, I'm, 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 I'm thankful, blessed that God would use me. Amen. That he could use me. You know, that I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I want you to understand, I'm thankful that God, that you would say yes to God and say, yeah, I want to be used by God. I want to be used for God. You know, James, and I love this, James 1, <clears throat> 3 and 4, it says, My brother, count it all joy. <laughs> count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy. So guess what? When trials come, when, when things happen, what are, you, what, are we, what are we called to do? Count it all joy. Do you laugh? Yeah, I laugh. Sometimes that's all I got is my, is, is my, is my joy, is my laughter. That's, that's you know, stupid, stupid enemy. I, I, all I can do is laugh. Because, you know, I, I'm, please understand, don't be moved by circumstances. Be moved by faith. Amen. Be, be moved by faith. Don't be moved by just the things that are going on in your world. Be moved by faith to do something about the circumstances. Are you called? Yes, you're called. If you're born again, you're called. Amen. You're called to, you're called to defeat circumstances. You're called, you're, you're, you're called to, to overcome obstacles. Amen. Amen. You know, James, and I, and I love this. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of what? Your faith. Your faith, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Amen. But let patience have its perfect work. Let patience have its perfect work. The testing of your faith. You know, are we being tested in life? Yeah, your faith is being tested. Your faith is being tested. A lot of people, look, God, you know, God doesn't. No, it's your faith. What are you believing for? You know, it's like when I talk about giving, it will be given, given to you. These aren't scriptures that we, that we read that we just hope and God does something for us. You know, I'm putting faith, you know, I, I, I put faith behind my giving. Does, does that make, I, I'm putting faith for what I'm believing for. You know, it's, it's, you know, people will make the greatest mistakes. Well, the church wants my money. No, the church, this church, we don't, it's not like that. We don't need your money. It, it has nothing to do with that. It, it's the fact that God wants to flow through you. Amen. He wants to be a blessing to you. I'm not somebody that's going to stand up here and preach, you know, anyway, I... I mean, we'll go there. So, but God wants to bless, bless his people. Amen. He wants to flow through people. The testing of your faith produces patience. You know, you know why it's patience? Because, you know, when you begin to believe God for something, if it happened, if it happened in an instance, your patience would never grow. Think about that. If you, if you, God, I want you to do this and then God do it, you would never grow faith. You get that? You you would never you would never grow in the things of God. You would never you know. Well, why didn't God? You know, and what happens a lot of times is people will retreat from that point. Well, God didn't do it, so He must not want to do it. It's not God's will. 
A lot of times people step away. They don't know what God's will is because they don't read the word. Is it God's will to heal? Everybody say yes, loud. Yes, because see, it's God's will to heal. And so I, you have to be passionate and understand that that is God's will. It's His will to heal people. Pastor, well, somebody didn't get healed. Guess what? Guess what? Your faith, your faith, your faith, your patience. Amen? Amen? The, the testing of your faith. Man, I, you guys see me limp around up here for I don't know how many months. Five, five months probably. My foot, my left foot. You know, I... You know, I'm just like, I'm stomping on it, kicking it, and kicking my own foot. You know, Lord, I thank you that you're going. Jimmy looked at me the other day and said, you're walking a little slow. Yeah, praise God. I'm healed. Amen. You know, I've been on my feet all day. But, but you understand something. It, it's, it's the testing of your faith. It's the testing of your faith. You know, and, and boy, I tell you, see, patience is the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm telling you, we, it's something that we all need to work on. Amen. We need to work on perfecting patience. Amen. We need to work on that. Verse 4, it says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may per be perfect and complete. What? Lacking nothing. Amen? Lacking nothing. You know, you can see this in, in the context of Hebrews chapter 10. You know, the, the writer of Hebrews, he's, he's, he's telling the church, he said, I want you to do something. I want you to do something. I want you to remember. I don't want you to forget. I don't want you to forget the, what, what it was like when you first got saved. I, don't, I want you to remember what it was like, how you contended, amen, how you contended in the faith, how you contended in the pastor, People saying, Pastor Brad, you've been saying the word contend for th four weeks now. Yeah, because I believe that you've got to position yourself where you'll be in a place of contending. So you don't shrink back from the things of God. So, you're, so, you, so you don't look at faith as in, well, I just believe in God. That's not what faith is. Faith is active. Faith is an action. Faith without works is what? It's dead. So you've got to work your faith. And you understand something. When you're working your faith, you know what? You know, there, there are tests. There's testings. Amen? It's so that you grow. Everybody say, I'm growing. Amen. See, I'm growing as a Christian. I'm growing as a believer. I choose to position myself to stay in a place of humility where I'm going to grow in the things of God. Amen? i got to tell you this because I, the church... We, you, you've got to begin to come, come to a place where, where, where you know, e even the excitement of just coming together as believers, where, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm contending. When I get on that prayer call in the morning, I'm contending for God to do something. Amen? I mean, we've seen God do things in our prayer times. Amen? I mean, please, we've seen God do things in our prayer times. I mean, you know, just over the last week, you know, the, the things that we've contended for as a, as a body, the things of God that we've, we've believed, you know, miraculously that God would do, God's doing it. Families being, fam people's lives being spared. It's no small thing. It's no small thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at verse 34 real quick. Look at verse 34. Verse 34, down the, the, the bottom part, it says, Don't throw away this, this confident trust in the Lord. I'm reading down the NLT. Don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Listen, where, where, does, your, where does your confidence, as a believer, where, where should your confidence come from? 
God, God, Jesus Christ is, is the source of our confidence. You know, I had a friend one time, was a pastor friend, and, you know, Miranda and I were, were new in the ministry, and, you know, when, you, when you're new in the ministry, you know, one of the things we did, and we, I still do, I, I'm, I don't have this all figured out. I'll be the first to tell you, I've got a lot to learn about pastoring. I've got a lot to learn as a believer. And, it, you know, we were in Hana, and there was a, a, a pastor friend from Canada, you know, I mean, I, I got to share the video he did last week because, you know, just about, uh, about what he's dealing with in Canada. But him basically talking about some things that are very powerful. But, but I remember when I was sitting down and I was talking with him, was asking him questions about church and planting and, and, and all this. And, and he, it was very encouraging. He actually, was, he was one of the ones that looked at me the first time that we were in uh, uh, Maui and we were in Lahaina. And he looked at me. We were having dinner at the fish house, I believe, in, in, in Lahaina. And he looked at me. He said, you know, the Lord could call you and your family to Hawaii. And I just looked at him and said, nah, not me. It wasn't me, you know. And uh, here we were after that, after that word he prophesied over us in a, uh, in a fish, fish market up there. Um, happened a year and a half later. But, but, I, I, but I remember him making this comment. He looked at me and he said, you know, and I, I, I just, I'll never, because it's one of those things that you, when a pastor speaks to you, you, you hold on to. I don't know if you remember this, but he said, he said, you know, God will use you guys. But I want you to know something. I am confident in the one that's called you. I am, I am more confident in the, in the one that's called you than the calling you, you feel like you have right now. I'm confident in God. I'm confident God knows what he's doing. Because, you know, I, I, I realized real quick, I, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> we're, we're working this thing, amen? We want to be good pastors. We want to grow a church. You know, you know, it wasn't like I went to 25 church growth conferences. It wasn't like we had pastored before. You know, that's why I, I hunger. I hunger to talk with people that have, have done it. I draw from that because I, I want their experience. I want their knowledge. I want to know if, if I'm messing up. I want to, I want to know, hey, how, how, do we, how do we make this stronger? How do we make this better? <coughs> but that was one of the things he said. I'm, I'm confident in the one that's called you. See, everything for the believer flows out of the confidence of Jesus Christ. You know, er, er, for the believer, er, everything flows out of our confidence that we have in Jesus Christ. That's why, why I say, you know, are, are we confident that God can heal? Yes. Are we confident that God wants to prosper us? Yes. Are we confident that God wants a church in Fairmont, West Virginia? Yes. If Miranda and I came to Fairmont and, and we were like, well, you know, we're just, we're going to kind of just, Hope things work out. No, that, no that's not the case. We've, we, we, we've chosen to hear. We're confident that, that, that the Lord wants to establish a work here. Amen? Souls are being saved. We're confident that God wants people saved. Amen? So you don't move away from the vision. You hold on to what? To, to the comp, you know, I, I'm confident this is what God wants to do. Amen? I'm confident. Don't throw away the confidence. Trust the Lord. In 2021, you guys, we all see it. There are a lot, there are a lot of people that, that are, are moving to an arena where they'll choose to trust the world. They'll choose to trust what, you know, this is what my boss said. Or this is what my, this is what, let's go a step further. This is what this Christian said. 
But I want you to know something. You've got to draw from God. You've got to hear from the Lord. Because you know what? You can, because that might be where that person's confidence is. That's where their confidence rests. Their confidence is resting between two opinions. You've got to decide in your spirit. You've got to decide in your life. My, this is, my confidence is going to be in the Lord. You know, I, I think about it. In Matthew 24, when the Bible talks about this, and it talks about how the elect will be deceived. Has anybody ever thought about I think about stuff like that. How, Lord, how would, the elect, how would the elect be deceived? Because, you know, I, I, believe, I believe that in this, what happens is people are putting their confidence in a world system. They're putting their confidence in, in men. My confidence comes from the Lord. Amen. 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 I, I have to draw. I have to be confident in the one who's called me. Amen. I ha- my, my, you know, I keep saying my confidence has to be in the Lord. You know, you got to know that you know that you know. That you know that you know that you know. I'm not, I'm not wavering. You know, nobody, many of you in here would say this. There is no way that anybody could convince me otherwise that Jesus isn't real. Right? There, no way Jesus Christ is real because I know what He's done with my life. Amen? I, I know that He's transformed and He's changed my I know that I know that I know. But listen, in the knowing of that, you've got to be willing to be able to say, you know, this is the place in which I stand. I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm confident in Jesus Christ. And when the you know, and I love this because this is what happens a lot. of People will come to you, you know, with with a mixed faith. And, and you see this in the world. They'll come to you with a mixed faith. Well, you know, it's OK to believe this way. It's, it's OK to, you know, Jesus wasn't really the son of God. You know, he's not the only way to heaven. And, you know, they, they you know, people in other faiths and other religions want to want to convince you of that. They, they, want, they want to share their, their opinion. Well, you know, they know Jesus. No, they don't know Jesus. Because, you know, John 14, 6, there's only one way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. I say this a lot too. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So we, we don't preach any other gospel other than Jesus Christ. But, but, you know, people will have a mixed faith. They'll want you to compromise. Well, what about the Mormons? What about, what about this? What about that? There's only one way to heaven. Jesus Christ, He's a part of the Trinity, amen? The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. I mean, it, it's important that we establish our roots in Jesus Christ. Not to have a mixed faith. It's not even faith. To have a mixed opinion. It's not, it's not faith. You can't say faith is mixed because it's not. It's, it, it's a mixed opinion about who God is. But I'm going to tell you guys, listen, you're going to hear... Man, I, I feel like I'm speaking prophetically today. Get this, because I feel like you're going to hear more of this over the next six months to a year. You're going to hear a, a, a bunch of opinions about what's going on in the world. Don't waver. Amen. Don't waver. Put your trust in God. Put your trust in Jesus. That's where it has to be. Above all else, it has to be. Your trust has to be in God. Don't waver from that. Amen. I'm not going to be moved by circumstances. I'm not going to be moved by, by what the world says. You know, those people come to you, and they, they, you know, they, they'll, isn't that right? They want you to agree. No, you just tell them. You, you know, I'm going to... You know what confidence is? You, 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 know, 
there can be a holy confidence come upon you that when someone comes, starts speaking a bunch of lies that aren't true. Well, you know, pastor Christians, you know, they define marriage as this. That's not what the Bible says. What's okay? You know, homosexuality, it's okay. You know, it, no. See, and you know, I'm not, we're not, I'm not even here to attack that. But see, I, I have to see what the Word of God says. I'm confident of what the Word of God says. I, I can't be in a place of compromise with that. Well, Pastor Brad, no, I can't be in a place of compromise. You can't, you have, listen, I, if there's anything you take away today, please understand, guys, listen, your integrity, what you believe, it will be called in. I, I believe that. I believe that people will, your, your faith, where your faith rests, where it resides, will be called in. You know, the, the, the things that are going to be dangled out there for people, you know, you know, already today, I mean, there were, <laughs> I heard somebody make this announcement the other day, and I don't know if Marina was talking, that, that pastors were, were being given $5,000 for everybody that got vaccinated in, in their church. Guys, I, I'm not against the vaccinations. That's, that has nothing to do with that. But when pastors have carrots that are being dangled, we'll give you five grand for everybody that, get, get, that gets vaccinated. There's something wrong with that. There, there's something wrong with that. I, I, you know, I'm like, man, this is, this, is, this, is, this is too much. If you do this, this is what we'll do. You know, I, I stand here in, in one place right now to understand. I, 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 I will fight for religious freedoms. You have a right. I, 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 I contend for that right. If you, you know, uh, you know, understand this even about salvation. I can't make anybody get saved. You know, it, it's, it's like, you know, it's like vaccinations. If somebody gets vaccinated, that, that, that's, that's their choice. It's just like Jesus Christ. If somebody accepts Jesus Christ, that's their choice. We give people opportunities to receive Christ. If they say no, I'm not mad at them. I'm not upset with them. My responsibility as a believer is to do what? Is to go on loving them. You understand? We're, we're all called to be in a place of loving people. So that, that's what we're called to do. But, you know, understand, there, there, there's the link of compromise right now that's taking place. You know, that if you do this, we'll do that. Why? Does that, does that, does that not send any red flags into anybody's mind? Because it does mine. It, it, you know, it, it makes me think, why? Why? Because I have to have these eyes. They're, you know, I have to have spiritual eyes to be able to see, hey, this is connected to something greater. Is it the mark of the beast now? No. Will the mark of the beast happen? Yeah, it will happen. It's prophesied. It's going to happen. But, but the church right now, we're in a place of where we, where we contend. Amen? We continually are in a place where we contend for the things of God. You know, think about it, guys. Listen, I mean, there's so many things that are coming down the pike right now. You know, if you do this, your assistance is attached to this. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You, I, I'm telling you, you've got to determine in your heart. You've got to determine in your spirit today. Hey, this is where I stand. I know that I know that I know. And that's what the, Hebrew, you know, the writer of Hebrews chapter 10 is talking about. You've got to know that you know that you know. I'm, I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to compromise my faith in Jesus Christ. You, nobody's asking anybody to deny Christ right now. Right? So to speak. Not, not, you know, they're, not, they're, not, they're not asking people. Other countries are very different. Because they are being killed. For the sake of, uh, uh, of Jesus' name. 
But in America, we're not necessary. You, you can meet, just meet at home. You, you, you can have church in Canada, right? You can have church, but you can't meet as a corporate body. Because the devil knows. The devil knows that, that, that the church is strong corporately. Guys, the church is strong corporately. Guys, the church is strong corporately. So, so the enemy knows this, amen? The enemy knows that if I can only separate the church, if I could get, if I could get 100 Bible studies going on with three people, yeah, that, that'd be good. Three, you know. <laughs> because the church is strong together, amen? It's worth contending. It's worth, it's worth fighting for. Take your Bibles, go to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to close with this. I have a little more to go, but I want to close with this because I, I, I want you to see this. Everything flows out of our confidence with Christ. Everything flows out of our confidence. I just got to start reading. In verse 831, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? If it is, if it is God who justified, justifies, who is it he who condemns? Is Christ, it, it is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is ever at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate? From the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to the slaughter. Verse 37, it says, yet in all these things, we are what? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor the things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Why do we contend? Because nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you. That's how much God loves you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. How much does he love his church? Guys, you, you, you can't put words to even describe it. You, 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 you know, the, the depths, the height, the length. You know, think about it. He gave his only son and had to turn his back on his only son. How strong <laughs> could you imagine? No, I couldn't. See, everything flows out of your relationship with Christ. Everything flows out of your relationship with Christ. Grow your relationship with Christ. Listen, guys, I, this is not a discouraging message today. I, you guys are like, oh, Hebrews 10, it's talking about persecution, talking about this. Yeah, for far too long, we, you, you leave stuff alone. I, I, 
why why should we tell people that 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 things you know that that bible prophecy is not going to happen it will happen but i've got good news for you good news is your your life is just at the very beginning stage right now amen and you know what you have a home in heaven amen this is just the beginning and you know, I, and I think one of the things that we, we fail to understand, that is, you know, think about James. He was thrown off of the, uh, off of the temple 100 feet. He landed and he lived. <laughs> wow. You know, think about it. John, I made that comment. He was boiled in oil. And he goes on to live. Wow. But see, I, I, think, they, I think they knew something. They weren't attached to this life on this side. They, 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 they knew that this on this side, see, we, we you know, don't have the mindset. We, we have to have an eternity mindset. We have to have a mindset that, you know what, this isn't just it. Church, this isn't just it. And I, and I believe that's what you're seeing in Hebrews. This isn't just it. Man, this, oh, no, he, see, he, and it goes on to talk about in Hebrews, and I think it was verse 35. You know, it was basically he who promises faithful. He's going to show up. Listen, guys, don't quit. Take that out of today. Don't quit. Don't back down in your faith. Don't quit. You keep pressing. You keep moving. You keep pressing. You keep giving. Well, I'm not seeing it happen. I've been waiting two years. I've been waiting six, six months. I've been waiting 10, 20 years. Keep moving in faith. You get around people that are going stir to that, stir that up in faith. Amen? Hey, you know, if you're not seeing something happen, ask, ask questions. You know, I ask my wife questions sometimes. You know, I, you know this is not shaking out. You know, what, what, do, I need to, what do we need to do? What do, we need to, what do we need to have happen? Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Ah, hallelujah. Mr. Hale, come to the keyboard. Listen, I, I, you know, I want to say this. You don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Don't give it away. Well, my job says I got to, don't throw away this confidence, trust in the Lord. Don't throw away this confidence, trust in the Lord. Listen, I'm going to tell people, and you understand something today, you're going to know in your spirit where there's compromise. You know why? It's because the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. Hey, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. Hey, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. You're going to know. You're going to know when you're getting checked. I wake everybody up. See, you're going to know. You're going to know when the Holy Spirit, you're going to know. And you know, will people be faced with decisions that, you know, jobs, health care, Absolutely. <laughs> but see, my trust, my trust is, my confidence comes from the Lord. Hey, can God not double everything you have today? Can God not give you homes today? Can, not, can God not give you automobiles today? 
Can God, can, is, is God not my supplier? See, I'm telling you, see, there's got to be this, this radicalness that comes upon the body of Christ. I think about it. When they were bringing lands and properties before the apostles' feet, hey, my life's not my own. Everything I have, my, my possessions, every, everything, everything, I'm, I'm laying it down for one thing, for the call, for the call of Christ. I'm not going to shrink back. I preach this today with much enthusiasm for the church. Because, see, I, I see a body of Christ. I see a group of people that are rising up Lord, in this area, in West Virginia. That are, you know, that are saying, you know what? I'm a part of something bigger. Hey, my life <laughs> belongs to Christ. So, because my life belongs to Christ, whatever God... Because a lot of times people say, well, if God asked me to do it, See, watch this, watch this. Because see, faith, faith comes upon a person for something. See, God, God, God doesn't operate your faith. He, he doesn't move, he, He'll move in your faith. But guess what? You, you're the person that has to step out first. See, God, God gives us this thing called faith, amen? It, it's the belief in our head that this is possible. This is possible. A church plant in Fairmont, West Virginia is possible. And you know, I, I can look at, to be honest with you, the first six months against all odds. What are we doing here? We're in Morgantown. We had been to every home, had guns pulled on us, saved about five people. And, you know, we don't like you. Okay, you know, what, what are we doing here? Cookouts all summer long. People going by, we're, you know, we're waving them down. Who are these crazy people over there in the field with a bonfire with blocks and a volleyball court? What are, they're playing cornhole. Hawaiian people in the middle of the sticks in West Virginia. What are these people doing? See, yeah, I, you can look at it. You, you, can, you can look at things. But see, I, I realize there's something in it. You, we're, we're contending, amen? We're contending. We're contending. I remember some of our services we had in Morgantown. It was my family, Melanie. I think Abby had moved up. There were seven of us. People would walk in, they would be like, this is a church? <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. You know, it's like, you guys are, you, you know, I'll, I'll say, even seven of us, your worship will look weird. But you know what? What I knew about that was seven people understood. I don't care what you, what you, what you think about my worship. I'm going to worship God. I mean, yeah, it's awkward. I promise you, it's awkward when you got everybody's offbeat. We're from West Virginia, you know, and you know, and, and you're, you're doing everything you can do. See, Zane carries a beat with a keyboard, but he can't clap his hands. It's a, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen, isn't it? I mean, like he's got no rhythm, but you put him on a keyboard. He, it's like God, it's a gift. Because you know, every time he quit playing the keyboard, he got to clap his hands. He's offbeat. He's offbeat, Zane. How do you get off beat? You know the whole song. How do you know the rhythm? But then you go to clap, you can't clap. I don't, I don't get it. But it looks a little weird. But see, I understand this. I understand the importance of contending. I understand the importance of not backing down. I under the, understand the importance of not shrinking back. See, God's, God's asking people to do more. You know, please, please understand. God's asking people to do more now. Quit. <laughs> quit playing in a step. Quit. Quit staying in a place of waiting. 
just waiting. No, 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 no. Now, now's the time to move in faith. I, I feel that deep in my spirit that this is now the hour and time to contend. When I have this figured out, no, no, no. Quit trying to figure everything out in your head. Take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. You know where God will meet you? He'll meet you right in faith. He'll meet you right in faith. Oh, I gotta have the I gotta have the money for this. I gotta have the money for that. I gotta do this. I, take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. God will meet you right in your faith. That's where God meets you. Radical faith, amen. Radical faith. You know, again, radical faith. We'll have a building. I believe in 2022. I'm setting my faith for that. I want this church to set its faith for that. We'll, ha- you know, we're, you know. I, I, I believe going into a new year, we could likely be over, you know, next year, this time, 200 plus people. We're setting our faith for that, amen? Because souls matter to God. Souls matter to God. But listen, set your faith to do, to do, to be, to know God at a greater level today, amen? Set your faith for that. Set your faith for that. Quit trying to figure it out. Step step you know what you know what I love about I love about this and I love about the story even at the very beginning was like you know that was the thing go go back to your first works go back to your first works go back to your first works and I, and I read that real quick but it says think back to those days when you first learned about Jesus Christ think back think back think back about how he transformed your life think back to to, to you know how you know my salvation personally for me was 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 life-changing because something happened on the inside I knew that I knew that I knew that my life was being changed for me it was every week let's be honest for me it was every day my life was being changed demons had to come out of my life I you know there were things that I had to there were things that had to go and I'm working this thing called salvation amen I'm working it See, I realized 20-some years later, I'm still working this thing called salvation. I'm still working at it. I'm still working at it. Believe in God for the more. Amen. Contending. Amen. Not only contending for myself, but contending for a people, a church. Contending for a vision. I want to tell you, God will do more. And I believe this. God will do more in the next three to six months in your life. Just release it. I mean, just raise your hands. I mean, just raise your hands. Just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. <laughs>